Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the ACC College Football Betting Preview. I'm Stucky and joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson, as we are back for our 11-part conference betting preview series. Excited to talk some ACC today. Colin, what's going on, brother? Oh, both you and I are back from our West Coast swing, our little vacation time we like to get before we come in and just commit ourselves to five months of everyday work. Uh, I think you were chasing Buffalo. I think we'll save that for the Pac-12 preview. <laughs> I was out golfing in Oregon, uh, drove by Autzen, flew out of Eugene. So I guess we'll save all that for our Pac-12 preview. But uh, it's good to be home, uh, wrapped up for media days and uh, start breaking this down on Power 5 level. I just got back from Yellowstone, Grand Teton in Vegas. There was a uh, unfortunately, there was a bear, a grizzly bear, attacked and killed a, a woman that was jogging on a trail right behind where I was staying, right there, uh, three days after I left. I think it was only like the eighth or ninth grizzly bear death attacks in the history of the Yellowstone Park, which was pretty wild. So uh, unfortunate situation there, but I was, I fortunately did not run into any grizzlies. Got back from Vegas and finished up some ACC work today. So let's dive right in to the ACC. It's good to be back, Colin. And let's start, let's break this up. Well, we're recording the ACC. Our second one that we're going to, you and I are going to record is the Pac-12. And those two conferences are very similar in the fact that no more divisions. So it really changes how you look at the schedules, futures, and um, who's going to make it to the conference championship game. I love it. I love the change. I think it's great for the conference. I wish the Big Ten would follow suit. Um, but uh, I think it's a good thing for the ACC. So let's start at the top with Clemson and Florida State. Clemson, the favorite, we're going to go based off of uh, 
odds at current odds at BetMGM, but make sure you obviously always shop around for the best number. But any number that I personally reference uh, right now will be the odds on BetMGM as of right now. Clemson is favored to win the ACC at plus 140, Florida State not far behind at plus 170. Clemson win total over 10 plus 100, Florida State over 9.5 minus 145. The thing to note is that Clemson will host Florida State, which gives them on paper uh, a theoretical edge. I, I don't know, but the, the look ahead line was what? Clemson minus three, maybe? Yep, I think I saw three. Clemson minus three, um, and which is really the difference here. I personally have Florida State power rated ahead of Clemson. I believe you do as well. Um Clemson's won seven ACC titles in the past eight years. They've also owned Florida State, but this is a different Florida State team. We saw that last year. Mike Norvell has completely turned this program around. Not only are they super experienced, led by quarterback Jordan Travis, I thought they also did a tremendous job in the portal addressing some of their needs. So, I mean, look, they returned 11 all-ACC players, and plus they added 11 transfers. I think a good chunk of them could really fit in well. The offensive line – now is not a glaring weakness, could be a strength. And I think that's really what separates these two teams is that the transfer portal, which Clemson just ignores. Look, they're going to be super talented. Their defense has a ton of talent. A lot of it's going to come down to Clay Klubnik. And we know about the great hire on paper of Garrett Riley. That offense needed it. So schematic, that's a good thing that Dabo did, right? Let's keep everything here in-house. This is how we do it. I think he realized, look, we need to shake things up from a scheme perspective on offense. So these are the two teams at the top. What do you see here? Any value on their win totals, futures at the top, or are they priced right? And you would agree you have Florida State, you do have Florida State power rated ahead of Clemson, correct? Yeah, I do. I do. But, and, and, the, and I think the line out there right now is Clemson minus two and a half in the game of the year, but you're essentially, you're squatting them home field advantage there with that number. And you're right. Uh, Clemson 101st in the portal rankings this year. Uh, I believe Florida State finished fourth. Clemson's still resting on the fact that they can recruit at a top five level for a number of years in a row. And it's good that Dabo at least recognizes that Brandon Streeter was absolutely not worth his weight in anything when it came to calling plays. So they went out and immediately got Garrett Riley. And if you're unfamiliar with the hire, let's just say when you get a TCU squad to go to the national title game and they scored as many points as they did, I, I mean, as much as I love TCU on defense, but Garrett Riley had such a big influence on what they were doing on offense that it's an instant upgrade here uh, for Clemson. They're going to see a lot of 10 and 11, some air raid concepts inside zone. And, you know, TCU was top five of the nation in pass explosives. Are we going to see that out of Cade Klubnik? I know from an investment standpoint, I'm out there buying Cade Klubnik Bowman Chrome cards just in case he does hit it big. But I think the other side of this is Wes Goodwin on defense. He wasn't, you know, he replaced Brent Venables and he's been, he's kept up the defensive part on the Clemson side. Last year, they ran 29% blitz, which is about average, 55% success rate at creating pressure. So Clemson is one of the best in the nation to do that. They were sixth in defensive havoc. And I don't expect anything different this year. I think to play the futures on these guys, because I do love Florida State, I power rate them higher. Like I said, fourth in the portal they have a lot of similarities here to LSU. And I think that played out on the field last year with the, the kick hit and the crossbar. That's the difference between those two teams. I think it's the same difference in week one when LSU and Florida State play each other again. They have to improve on finishing drives. They were 91st in defensive finishing drives. 
Defensive coordinator Adam Fuller has got to get it together when teams get into scoring position because if Garrett Riley brings the kind of offense we know in the red zone situation and, you know, Florida State continues to have problems when teams are trying to score, that's going to be the difference in these two teams. Now, as far as actionable items, I don't have anything stuck. I project Florida State at 10.2 wins, can't really act on the 10.5. As far as Clemson goes, they're – you know, I, I, do we expect, I'll ask you, I'll toss it back to you. I don't expect anybody else because of the new format, no more coastal, no more trying to figure out that stupid division. These are the two teams that should be in the championship game, no matter who loses in the regular season. So my question is, is do you try to take one to make the college football playoff and then play against that when they play against each other? I'm neutral on both as far as compared to my projection. So I have no play on either win total. I would lean like if I had to play it, I do show a small amount of edge on Florida State to win the conference. And mainly just because I have them, let's see, a field goal better than Clemson. You know, I'm right around a pick, a coin flip with that game at Clemson. Now, they're underdogs to LSU in the opener. What is that line still? Two, they're catching two and a half. Yeah, minus two and a half against Florida State in the opener. So you're looking at they're going to be two and a half point dogs against LSU, two and a half point dogs at, you know, presumably against Clemson, that could change. That's a, a look headline. I mean, there's you look at who else they could lose to, you know, at Florida, the finale, no. you know, that game could be tricky, but uh, they should win that. That, that pit is probably their trickiest game after those last two. You know, pit, it's going to be cold. It'll be, you know, their second straight road game before Miami. We know pit historically under Narduzzi is going to like lose a game they shouldn't and win a game that they should. So, Maybe, you know, so Florida State could lose to LSU, Clemson, and then Pitt. I could see that's pretty much it. The rest of the schedule is very manageable, but I, I don't show enough value in the win total. If you really like Florida State and then, you know, they lose to LSU, you, just, you know, you, know you, you would probably bet them, bet them against LSU, bet them against Clemson. I'm going to wait to bet them against Clemson in that game. There's no reason or not enough value in the in the ACC championship futures to tie up my money. Um, but if you're looking for a team in the next tier, because I mean, the Florida state, I, I really like everything that Florida state is doing. I do think that there's a lot of hype now. It's like, right. These it's one of these teams that's coming into the season that hasn't been at the top. That has a ton of hype. We've seen these teams consistently not live up to expectations. How do they deal with this hype? And then how does Clemson deal with a new offensive scheme that remains to be seen. If you're looking for a team that could potentially sneak up and get all, because look, if you're if you're removing Clemson and Florida State from the equation, because without divisions, that's the most likely matchup. But if you're looking for a team in the futures market where all you need is pretty much them to just get to the ACC championship, let's look at the second tier. We have Duke at thirty to one. It's the yeah look. A lot of hype for Duke. I love what Mike Elko does. I love Kevin Johns, their OC. They have one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country. And But this, this is a team that screams regression, right? Like, schedule gets much tougher. They benefited from a ton of turnover luck. The talent is not quite there. The only case I could make for Duke, and we'll go down the line here, is that Clemson is is has a new scheme, right? Breaking in a new offensive scheme. They play Duke in the opener duke has taken money i think that line is down to that game's on the monday night of that game that line's down to like 11 or 12 so if you're gonna get if we we like the hire of garrett riley but 
but there's going to be a significant change schematically on this offense. Duke really experienced team, super experienced. If Duke can pick off Clemson and pull off that upset in week one, you know, you can, you could find a 40, 50 to one. If you're a really big believer in Duke, that would be their path, right? You upset Clemson, have the tiebreaker of, over Clemson. You lose to Florida state as they would, you know, Clemson drops another one. You're in pretty good. Uh, you're in a pretty good spot with a huge number. There's, there's some regression coming for Duke. What are your thoughts on the blue devils this year with Riley Leonard and, and Elko who did a tremendous job last year. And uh, they, they bring back a ton of experience, but on the flip side, they only beat two FBS teams with a winning record last year. I think they face eight or nine this year. Yeah, the big surprise was the offense, right? I mean, this team is this team last year. No one knew that uh, how good they were going to be with quarterback Riley Leonard. Now they're getting Jalen Calhoun back at wide receiver. Wide receiver Jordan Moore is coming back, and then their defense. You know, I expected the defense with Mike Elko to be good, master of the four two five at Texas A and M and Notre Dame in previous years past. Now, somehow, this team is an offensive team. They return 95% per tarp. They were eighth in havoc allowed. They don't beat themselves. This is a team that you can bet on. I know a lot of people are in this whole Duke regression, Duke regression. I mean, there's second-order win totals, there's turnovers, there's lots of things that go your way. But maybe when you're disciplined, like Duke is, saying that you're top 10 in havoc allowed, meaning you don't fumble, you don't allow tackles for a loss, maybe that is something that is sustainable. So I, I do like Duke as a whole. I think that they can upset Clemson in the opener, even though that's a very large spread that, you know, I mean, Mike Elko is just going to be pumped up to the nines with that defense, the four, two, five, the quarters coverage to go up against the, I'm sure he's just watching tape of Georgia dismantling Garrett Riley's office in the nat- national championship. And that defense is 35th in defensive havoc. So I do like Duke. The problem about getting the championship game at Florida state, and then you go at Louisville and Louisville is off a bye. Two weeks later, you're going to North Carolina. And then, oh, by the way, in the sandwich in between all that is a home game on Thursday night against Wake Forest. It's not an easy schedule on the second half whatsoever. So I stayed away from Duke Futures, probably going to end up taking them against Duke from a win total perspective. I actually make it six and a half, and they're over six and a half plus 130. So I haven't taken any action on Duke. I do like them. Uh, I believe in my projection, so you should take an over at plus 130 with plus money. But at the same time, I do not like the second half of that schedule. Yeah, I'm not, you know, on paper, I thought I was going to be fading Duke this year, right? Like a, I throw all the best punter. last year. Yeah, that they, they, they do have a, a four-year really good punter. Their kicker has been shaky, but I like their special teams. But yeah, I looked into it. I like Elko. I like their quarterback. I like Johns. And this is the second year for this entire staff with a super experienced team. Right side of the offensive line has some questions. The secondary, the, the, losing Hayward will hurt, but mm-hmm. their star linebacker, they do lose a lot at corner, but their pasty wasn't great last year, especially when you consider who they played. And they bring in a couple transfers who, if they hit, right, Blades from Miami, Jones from Texas A&M, their secondary could be better in that Elko system. And he's going to, you know, generate – a lot of it is schema is was scheme based with that defense that just the improvement they went from what giving up 40 points to 21 22 just in one year part of that was scheduled but a lot of that scheme and the pressures and the simulated pressures that elko designed so yeah i'm not looking to fade duke would actually lean over and if you want to get crazy that's you can say hey i'm i'm going to just take a shot and have some fun with some couch change on duke and just hope that they beat clemson in that opener, because then you're in a pretty good spot um, the rest of the way. The next team that 
we'll look at in that second tier to see if we can make a case for is North Carolina. North Carolina win total over eight and a half plus 110. They are double check. Yeah, they're the third favorite in the ACC at nine, 10 to one. The simple case, if I just want to sum it up, is you have arguably, why would you back UNC? You have arguably the best quarterback in the country. For my money, I think he's the best pro prospect. And the defense cannot get the defense can't get any worse. Like you lose a ton of talent in the secondary. Um, they couldn't stop, but last year the D couldn't stop the run. They couldn't get to the quarterback. They couldn't defend the pass. Uh, that's a pretty bad combo. The defense couldn't do anything right. Um, so they got a good linebacking core. They're going to try and plug and play in the secondary. It can't get any worse. Like we'll see what they do schematically. It was a weird team last year. The other thing is that they scored 40 points per game the first 10 games, only 20 the last four. A lot of that was teams – they gave kind of the – what defenses did is they they gave um, they gave Drake May the Patrick Mahomes treatment. When Mahomes was just shredding everyone, and you see this throughout the NFL, they said, all right, we're not going to blitz you. We're dropping everyone back. We're going to take away the explosive play, make you beat us underneath, and May struggle with that. So we'll see the adjustment there. Still a really talented offense, even though they do lose downs and green at receiver. I still think they're fine um, on offense. It's the defense. Can the defense just become a little bit better? And then you have, you know, Drake May, one of the best quarterbacks. I don't think nine to one is enough. Um, a little bit too much love for Drake May, but it is a super experienced team on paper. What are you seeing with the heels? I have problems with the coordinators. Uh, I have serious problems with the coordinators. So everyone knows Gene Chizik over on the defensive side of the ball. This is a defense that finished 120th in success rate last year, 124th in defensive finishing drives. And, oh, by the way, third worst nationally in havoc. Uh, so Gene Chizik, I don't know if he's just uh, too busy golfing down in South Carolina or what he's doing. But, you know, I think the other thing, too, is they have one of the lowest blitz rates in the nation, 17%. And they had one of the lowest success rates in creating pressure at 42%. I don't see any reason this defense is going to turn around and all of a sudden dazzle us with something new. Um, but, you know, I guess we can see from that. They do have a couple good linebackers that are coming back. Uh, some questions definitely in the secondary. And then on the offensive side with Chip Lindsey, I went back and looked at the offenses that he coached back at Troy from 2019 to 2021, and they averaged about 107th in tempo. What is the Drake May offense? And and listen, wide receiver Nate McCollum, he's going to be great. Running back Marion Hampton, he's going to be great. But what is this offense running 10, 11, 12 inside, outside zone at 107th in tempo? It's just not the Phil Longo offense that we've seen in North Carolina in years past. So I have a lot of questions about this team. And it's definitely not something where I'm trying to take an over here, even though my projections are a little bit higher than what the market is not trying to back a team that just finished 128th in defensive havoc and is completely taking tempo out of their offensive game. I think I like them in the opener, which is probably how I'll attack North Carolina against South Carolina into Charlotte, but we'll get to that later. Let's move on to, let's see, let's go to NC state on paper. So coming into the season, I said to myself, this is the time to buy NC state. Now you were, you were, you were NC state Head of the, you were head of the fan club last year, betting them win national titles. Devin Leary, Heisman. I don't know what kind of a NC State exposure you ended up with, but this is kind of the post hype team that now comes under the radar. I think like this is the team, this is the spot that Dave Doran, similar to Wake Forest, that we'll get to, kind of thrives in. There's not a lot of 
hype or pressure. And I kind of like buying into these post-hype teams that disappointed. I trust, look, they lost some talent, some real talent on that defense. But I just trust Gibson in that 3-3-5. They have a star player at every level. The offense, I think, is going to be you know, – I do have some questions at receiver, but I think it's going to be better because I'm just a believer in the Ana Armstrong reunition – reunification, reunification, where I can't even – look how rusty I am. Uh, Armstrong and Ana reuniting. Armstrong was a mess last year, but I'm, put, I'm not putting any of that on him. He thrived under Ana. I think this offensive scheme will be a lot better. And I don't know. I over six and a half. It is juiced to the over. It was at seven and a half. I probably wouldn't have bet it, but the market has come down on NC State. They are twenty to one to win the ACC. Uh, I'm. I like that. I just trust the. I, it's so an experienced defense, and I trust Gibson. And I think that the quarterback, offensive coordinator, and the post hype days down there in Raleigh. Um, I'm. I think I'm buying NC State. Now, they do, and look, this is an underrated home field advantage. They host Notre Dame, Louisville, Clemson, Miami, and UNC while avoiding Florida State. They also have a bye before Clemson, and it's a very manageable road schedule. UConn, UVA, Duke, Wake Forest, and Virginia Tech. So, and all of those are eh, regionally based. Um, So, yeah, I, I think I'm buying NC State. Agree or disagree? They're going to buy before Clemson. Uh, I mean, there are advantages on the schedule. Um, I make this number exactly 5.9, which is pretty in line with the market. So I can't say there's going to be a play on me. What would make me nervous is the amount of Brennan Armstrong turnovers because we are very, we're used to NC State Wolfpack not being a turnover machine on offense. Devin Leary is going to fit at Kentucky Gray because he's not a real havoc allowed kind of quarterback. Uh, but now, you know, you've got two new uh, guards on the offensive line. you got some questions at wide receiver and you got Brandon Armstrong, who's going to escape and try to make as many plays as possible. And if you can sit there and handicap whether he's going to have 30 turnover worthy plays or only five fumbles on the season, uh, then you're more dialed in than anybody. But no, there's definitely no hate on Tony Gibson and his nickel package that he runs. Um, you know, he, he's got a really good success rate with the blitz that he sends. They do lose 41. They only have 41% of the defense coming back, but you know, those they still have, you know, some of the Peyton Wilson at linebacker is going to be the leader there. So I don't expect any fall off. No play for me. Um, you know, I'm pretty much in line with the market on this team, but I, I hate putting preseason money when you go, when you have a quarterback like Brennan Armstrong, because it, the variance, right? I mean, we could have seven touchdowns in one game. We could have six turnovers in the next. And the variance is really makes it kind of a game to game. See what kind of defense you're going up against. Yeah. One thing that I'll say that I, that makes, that does make me a little bit nervous is get another special teams mention out here early in the season is they do lose uh, their star kicker, a Luke Groza. Didn't he win the Luke Groza? I should know because I voted for it. Um, yes. He won the Luke Groza last year um in done so that could be a, a big loss in some close games which i expect nc state to play but as of right now i haven't pulled the trigger i'm leaning to buying the post hype wolf pack all right let's move on to another team in that second tier in the acc louisville over eight wins minus 110 they are 10 to 1 right there with unc 
in that next tier to win the ACC. The first thing you got to mention with Louisville is it's a brand new staff. It's a brand new identity um, with Brom coming in. I think it's an enormous upgrade. I was not a Satterfield guy. I think the offense will be better. I think just we saw the the discipline and penalty issues that Louisville had. I don't know if it'll translate right away, but I think this was a net positive move um, and coaching regime switch for Louisville. For what it's worth, they are one of two teams in the ACC with new head coaches with Georgia Tech, although Georgia Tech you know, it was a interim um, in key who was, so they're really the only team that has a brand, brand new head coach. There are also eight new offensive coordinators in the conference, four new defensive coordinators. Louisville has one of each and there are eight new quarterbacks in the ACC. And there are only two teams that have the same head coach, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, and quarterback. That's Florida state and Virginia tech, but Louisville, a lot of change, Schematic changes on both sides of the ball. They're changing schemes on defense. It's going to be a new offense, but at least we have another reunion with Brom and Plummer, who were both at Purdue. Plummer made a stop on the West Coast and now rejoins Brom in Kentucky. Uh, So what are your thoughts on Louisville? Love them. Absolutely love them. When win totals came out back in May, I was throwing dimes at over seven. This number is at over eight. I would continue to fire and I expect massive improvement on the defensive side of the ball with Ron English, Mark Hagan coming in Louisville finished 122nd tackle grading. That's all Satterfield staff. That's all that is. I expect that to improve. But when you look at this, the star of this team now, this, they did finish 14th in portal ranking, right? I mean, they, uh, Brahms coming in, he's got his own guys. He went to the portal and got a, you know, his own quarterback, and he's going to have his own flavor here. And it might take a couple games to get that going, which is why I'm really laying off this number against Georgia Tech in week one. It's it's too short. It's too low. I think Louisville could route them, but at the same time, it's game one on the road. I'm not going to touch that. So the star of this Louisville team is a schedule. <laughs> Third easiest schedule of offenses in the ACC. They don't play Florida State. They don't play North Carolina. They don't play Clemson. Um, if I remember right, Jeff Brom got Purdue to the conference title game in the Big Ten because he didn't play Michigan or Ohio State. Uh, there's going to be a bit of an uptick here in pace with totals with Purdue. Uh, per, I, I'm sorry, there's going to be an uptick in pace with Louisville. Purdue's offense was just inside the top 50. That's going to be faster than what Louisville is, is used to. They have the best center in the ACC in Brian Hudson. Uh, running back Jawara Jordan is is one of the best, uh, most elusive and creates uh, tons of missed tackles here. This is one of the softest schedules I can pick out. Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana to start the season, please. Georgia And Georgia uh, Tech's in Atlanta. Indiana's in Indianapolis, not on campus. Oh, yeah, they are the clear schedule lottery winners in the ACC. Yeah. As you mentioned, avoid Clemson, Florida State, and UNC. Only three true road games uh, against NC State, Pitt, and Miami, which uh, doesn't have a great – home field advantage. Maybe they are good by the end of the year and it's a little better. Uh, they also have a bye before Duke, which is worth noting. So yes, they have the ACC. They are clearly the schedule winners. They had a great transfer class as well. And I'm not completely sold on the wide receiver group, but I do trust Brom. Higgins, Bruce, and, and Thrat, like, are we really 
we're just at, we're just saying Thrash is an all ACC receiver all of a sudden. He like would get like one target a game at Georgia State. So I, I do have some questions there, but I trust Brom, so I don't hate your Louisville love. Let's move on to another team that has been significantly disappointing recent years, especially last year, where they could not cover a game to save their life. Talking about the Miami Hurricanes. Win total sitting seven and a half. They're over seven and a half plus 125. 20 to one to win the ACC at BetMGM. Still the same head coach, Amaro Cristobal, but a complete shakeup uh, from the staff perspective. I think you have seven new assistants, including a new offensive coordinator and new defensive coordinator. We know how the uh, Josh Gaddis experiment ended <laughs> last year. Now we have the air raid coming to how does Josh Gaddis and Dan Enos keep getting jobs? They just keep, I mean, you and I have been in this position for six years, and I think these guys have had 12 jobs. Yeah, um, they must have uh, some nudes uh, stored away. Um, but yeah, I cannot wait to get to Arkansas when we do our SEC betting preview coming up so we can talk more Dan Enos. Um, but anyway, back to Miami. Um, two new. I, I, I like the hires. I like. I think they're bit, they're both upgrades. Two new aggressive coordinators. Um, Crystal Ball, I think is you know he's always going to be able to recruit. It's a talented team. Great freshman class. They could start five and zero. It's Miami of Ohio, Texas A and M at home. They'll be mm, close to touchdown underdogs. Bethune Cookman at Temple. By then Georgia Tech. You, you start five and zero, then all of a sudden. The whole because last year it was like this team said I'm done and I quit and there were locker room issues reported. Middle Tennessee, there was, State. yeah, yeah, Middle Tennessee State debacle. So we're we're gonna see if this is the you know the new staff, a new year, a new lease on life, and this is they're similar to NC State and like now they're little post hype, like no, they're going a little more under the radar. Can we see an improved Miami team? I think what it comes down to now, if you just look at the schedule, they play all the top teams in the ACC, which isn't great. And they also get Clemson off of a bye. I do think their floor should be, you know, five wins. So basically it's like if they even go over seven and a half, can they go three and four against these teams? You say their floor is five wins and the five games they should win. Although Miami probably can should expect a, a game that they will lose that you don't expect them to. But Texas A&M at home, at UNC, Clemson at home, off a bye, at NC State, at Florida State, at Boston College in the finale and Louisville at home. Can they get three wins there? I think a lot of it is going to come down to who is Tyler Van Dyke, right? Two years ago, he looked great, but who was it against? Last year, he did not, but he was not healthy and was in a horrendous system, just in a terrible situation. So trying to reconcile those two seasons is very difficult, right? It looked great, but against nobody last year, looked awful, but was injured and you know, in a bad situation. Can Van Dyke get back to who we saw he was when he flashed two years ago in this new air raid offense? Um, because there are some things to like about this Miami team. What are your thoughts on the Hurricanes? 
Well, I think they made the correct hire on both sides of the ball. Shannon Dawson's coming in to be the OC. He was the former OC for Houston and Dana Holgerson. So you're going to see a lot of Clayton Tune, Power Raid, 11-10, inside zone running. I think this is all really good for TVD. Um, you know, it was just a, a dreadful season last season. I think you wiped the board on that because we saw against, you know, lower level competition, what Tyler Van Dyke can do two years ago when he came in to be the starter. So I think he can return to that. And from considering that, you know, Clayton Toon did so well in the wake of De'Ara King and Shannon Dawson had a big part of that. I think that the offense is going to be okay. Um, you know, 69% returns on the offensive side of the ball per tarp. They've really got to work on their rush explosives. They were only 126 in that category. So some work there for Dawson to do on the defensive side of the ball. I love it. Absolutely love it. Former Marshall defensive coordinator. You want to know why Notre Dame lost to Marshall? You want to know why Marshall was a thorn in everybody's ass? It was Lance Guidry as a defensive coordinator. So he's going to come in, ran a lot of 3-3-5, 4-2-5, a nickel package with quarters and cover three. 94% of the defensive production is back. We're talking PBUs, stops, tackles, pressures. Um, they were pretty bad at tackling outside the top 100 per PFF, uh, but they get a lot of those players back. And like I said, you know, coverage and tackling grading on PFF are coach dependent. You get lazy in those things. It's all a reflection of the coach. It's not a reflection of the players. So you're getting uh, – Cristobal has gone out and got really good coordinators. We'll see if Dawson can pull it off with TVD, but I think they're on the up. The problem is, is my projected win total, even with the power rating, a little bit of power rating bumps that I gave them for coordinators and for returning production on the defensive side of the ball. I still have a projected win total that's underneath seven. So I can't in no way on this schedule that includes a Clemson, Florida State, Louisville stretch on the back half. I can't get them to eight wins, which you would need to have to get the over on a juice on, on a seven and a half. So it's a no play for me on Miami, but it's a team that I'm looking to play on in the first half of the schedule, possibly against Texas A&M. Boom. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So I lean over on that. My numbers don't get there quite get there. Um, but I'd rather just play them week two against Texas A&M and hopefully Texas A&M all of the frustrations that they they felt last year, they come out and they take New Mexico behind the woodshed and absolutely clobber the Lobos, which Texas A&M has been known to do against these really – I've seen some Jimbo teams do this before. But, yeah, give me like a 59 nothing against New Mexico. Texas A&M wins. They look great. And – Miami new offensive scheme. I think there's I trust Chris Ball to get the offensive line together. A lot of moving pieces there. Also, like you said, defense returns a lot of production. They also had some promising, a lot of experience at D line and safety that I like. And I like what they did in the portal at linebacker and uh at cornerback. But a lot of lot of pieces for that defense um to work with. But there could be a little bit of growing pains, maybe some sloppiness in the opener. So give me like Miami against Miami, Ohio, uh, in the opener. Give me Miami by like eight sneak it out you know don't look great and then texas a&m 59 nothing and then we get the seven week two Problem. and yes that's uh what we're hitting that's 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 how i want to play this team as well i do too the problem is that miami game a miami ohio game in week one for uh the hurricanes is on friday night it's going to get a lot of national tv pub because it's on friday night so yes yeah, so you're like, the struggle 
Yeah, I, I I would love for the Hurricanes to struggle. I'm with you. I'm not buying the game of the year on, but I am definitely. It's probably going to be the first bet off the board for week two, because I'm telling you, in front of the scenes, what you guys have been seeing with Texas A&M and what I'm hearing behind the scenes, there is a potential chance not of thunderstorms but of a complete shit show going on with texas a&m so yeah i'm right there with you yep we will get to that along with more dan enos coverage when we get to the sec <laughs> betting previews I'm blocked on twitter by the way by dan enos um right after the whole podcast amazing wait maybe i'll try to get dan enos on for that episode <laughs> um all right no i would not because we need to there needs to be some slander all right, let's stay in that second tier and with our let's talk pit over seven minus 115 25 to one to win the ACC. What's noteworthy here? Another reunion, another quarterback reunion with Jerkovich and Signetti. Again, similar to questions that we have with Van Dyke, who is Bill Jerkovich? Um, it's like the Mr. Who is Phil Jerkovich? I he was hurt again. Was he hurt last year? Was he not as good as we saw a couple of years ago? We're gonna see this year. Um, as we said before, I you know, last year I th- I was on pit under, it did get there, but generally speaking, when pits in this range, if they're always gonna win like eight games, but when pits in this range, I don't like to bet their win totals because like they I, I just they're gonna win a game or two that they shouldn't, and they're gonna lose a game or two that they shouldn't just like, this is what Narduzzi does. They did go nine and four last year. They were three and two in one possession games. Is Jerkovich healthy and can he stay healthy? The offensive line has a lot of experience. The D lost a lot of talent to the NFL. I mean, can't see Hill, Baldonado, Alexander, Hallett, Wilts, Dennis, but they tend to just reload and that's, and be fine. That's what Pitt does. Still have a lot of depth on that defensive line, just no stars have emerged yet. Um, two or three starters back at linebacker. They do both cornerbacks back, but they have questions at safety. But again, like you just kind of trust that the pit defense will be okay. It all comes down to Jerkovich from a schedule perspective. If Jerkovich is okay, really good chance. I shouldn't say really good, but a decent chance they could start 7-0. and If Jerkovich is healthy and firing, it's, you know, Wofford at home, Cincy at home, at West Virginia, North Carolina at home, at Valtech, Louisville at home, at Wake Forest. And then before before a, a stretch of at Notre Dame and Florida State, and then a pretty easy stretch to end the season with Syracuse, Boston College, then at Duke. Only three true ACC road games. A lot of coin flips from... You know, when I project their their spread, so like another reason why I don't want any part of this win total because it really just comes down to what kind of year Jerkovich has. Um, I do like that they're, they're, both of their lines should be good, so they should be good in the trenches. They're super deep there too. And they did lead in the second half of all three ACC losses last year. They could have beat Tennessee. What are your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Panthers and your beloved Narduzzi? Yeah, I definitely project it lower than the seven that's in the market. Uh, there's just too many losses on the defensive side when you l- lose Servassier, Dennis, and, and and Brandon Hill. And, you know, they they had some of the best defense. I love that defense. It's the reason I was on them last year. They're just – I think seven guys on the defense are on an NFL roster right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's why I think per tarp we had them about twenty two percent returning production on and transfer activity on the defensive side, and they were fourth in defensive havoc. Now it's a Narduzzi defense. Uh, you know, it's Randy Bates calling the plays. High thirty four percent blitz rate. They're above fifty percent on success in creating pressure. That's going to continue, but they took a hit in power rating because of how much they lost on defense. Although we haven't really ever seen Pitt or Narduzzi's defenses, no matter the stop that he's been at, really kind of fall off. So this comes down to Jakovic. You know, what <laughs> will the real, yeah, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I mean, so highly touted coming into Notre Dame. I think you go back to the old story where Brian Kelly did not want him to be quarterback. Tommy Reese did want him to be quarterback. Uh, he exits to Boston College. Nothing happens there. Signetti gets him to come over to Pitt. So it's probably time for him to re-up his NFL draft stock. Problem is, I just can't make it. I mean, they have a pretty good offensive line, uh, offensive tackle, they've, and they've got a pretty good wide receiver and Kanata Mumpfield. So, you know, I can't get up to get them to eight wins. I can't get them to seven wins. I would play the under here. The problem is, you're right. They end up beating teams that they should not beat. Can they win at Notre Dame? uh on the road on october 28th sure can they beat they florida could also state? beat florida state yeah yeah i mean if you get a little bit of shitty weather and pit and florida state comes up there absolutely they can win that game so it's a no play for me if i had to play it i'd play the under yeah i didn't downgrade the d as much i could see why you did which is why um i mean i'm i don't show any value on there uh, let me double check that before i say it um i don't think i did let's see yeah, I don't show any value on their win total either way. I didn't I didn't regress their D as much as some might have, just because it's all it all they just it just works. Like their defense line has a lot of depth. They still have two really good corners, and that's like kind of the foundation of the Bates D. They're gonna play a lot of quarters, they're gonna leave their corners on islands, and then they're gonna blitz and then bring pressure. And um, so they still have the defensive line. They have two or three linebackers back, um, and then they have two good corners. Like, so I do have questions about safety. And then obviously just it's just a ton of talent. Like there is a talent drop off, but they just somehow there's gonna be two guys that emerge uh up front and they're gonna be fine. So we'll see. I'll be interested to see how that defense looks on the first couple of weeks. You know, maybe against Cincinnati, West Virginia, North Carolina will be a really good test at home in week four. So yeah, it's a pass for me on Pitt. It'll just come down to Jerkovic and whether or not like they're gonna win, I think six is their floor. Um, mm-hmm. and then like nine is their ceiling. Um, and it just comes down to Jerkovic and then which did they win two games they shouldn't have and lose one or did they lose two and win one? So, yeah, I think it's a team that we just focus on during the season pass from a pre-season betting perspective. So that'll do it for the second tier of teams. We talked Clemson, Florida State right off the bat as the class of the ACC. And then we kind of made cases for or against in the second tier of UNC, Duke, NC State, Louisville. Miami, Pitt, I guess we could throw Wake in there, but I kind of separated in 50 to one and lower as the third tier. But Wake's win total is over six and a half. Choose to the under, the overs, over six and a half plus 120. 50 to one to win the ACC at that MGM. The big storyline with Wake Forest is they lose Sam Hartman at quarterback. You're going to have Mitch Griffiths take over. And there are some questions in the trenches on both sides of the ball, which is what I'm a little worried about. I love Lambert as DC, but there's some questions on defense as well. Wake Forest is one of those teams though, that has no hype now. It's like, Hey, Hartman's gone sort of like NC state. Right. But that's what, this is what Clawson thrives in like, right. The team that just no one believes in and 
they're just going to win the games that they should probably pull off an upset. And I show a little value on the under. I think it's just, a, I, I loved Hartman. Um, I'm not a huge Griffiths guy. Some people like him. I'm not the wide receiver room still should be fine. Even though they lost Perry. Um, it is a rebuilt defensive line. I do have questions about the offensive line, which could be really problematic for Griffiths, but they've gone to a bowl game and, what seven straight years? They're I, I'm very confident they'll find a Clawson will find a way to give them the six wins. Yeah. Um, so I do I want to bet under six and a half minus one forty five, and just hope they don't get the seven. Probably not. I'll probably look to um for them or in the season. It's not a very experienced team. I think they're outside the top one hundred in overall experience. Um, what are you seeing? I also, by the way, last year if you want to look at some regression. Their their red zone efficiency was through the roof last year, and a lot of that was Hartman, and he kind of uh, masked some of the issues that were on the offensive line. That Their red zone efficiency could drop precipitously, and I'm also worried about their special teams, their kicker with field position and long field goals. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like Lambert, but I, I still have questions about this defense for sure. What do you see with Wake Forest? Well, the offensive side of the ball scares me, uh, you know, and I do have the, I project this 5.9 wins. I would take under six and a half minus 120. That'd be the limit. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at five. I'm at five, uh, eight. So I'm right with Yeah. Uh, it's an under, I, you're not going to find seven wins on this schedule, but I, I hate counting out Dave Clausen because he covers yep. against the spread a lot. You know, he was covering against spreads before Sam Hartman was even around. How much does this offense change? Cause Warren Ruggiero has been there since, 2014 and he runs a lot of man run schemes with only six in the box. It's not a real heavy box, but he still runs it a lot. He had a high 34% RPO rate with Sam Hartman, but are you are you still running mesh RPO with this? I don't know this box of crayon quarterback names that we've got here. I don't know. There's so many, so many names that could play quarterback here this season, especially if there's an injury up to Mitch Griffiths here. Uh, to the beginning, but you know they had a high twenty three. Yeah, Griffiths is like that has the body of like a high schooler, and and there's some questions on the yeah. offensive line. So we'll see if he can. Well, a new center, a new right guard, yeah. and you and you and you're what five eleven one ninety Mitch Griffiths, and he's going to run the mesh RPO. That's not that's not going to work. Uh, maybe against Elon on Thursday night in the opener, but that's not going to work against Clark Lee's Vanderbilt defensive front. So uh, I, I'm nervous. I would be nervous backing Wake Forest considering. You know, of course, there's a drop off from Sam Hartman, but when you throw the center and the right guard in there, and then I look at the sizes of these people, of these of these guys that are filling out this, it would make me a little bit nervous. So, uh, and you're right, fifth in offensive finishing drives, one of the best in the nation after the 40 yard line of getting points up on the board, taking touchdowns, not field goals. And you know, on defense, we love Brad Lambert. There will be no negative uh, for defensive coordinator Brad Lambert, who came in, ran his nickel package, a lot of cover one. He's one of the only coaches that runs cover one, really messes with quarterbacks' heads on the other side. He runs one of the highest rates of blitz at 40%, and he hit home more than 50% of the time. I mean, he is an excellent defensive coordinator. So I don't expect a lot of drop-off there, even though they're only returning 41%. But And they were second in PFF pass rush last year. But take that all back. I just don't know where you're coming up with the points against some of these teams that are on your schedule. So I, I'm saying under six and a half, and I am going to be putting probably just a two unit play on it into the action app after this. I kind of wanted to just talk with you and confirm you as one of the ones I was a little kind of, kind of tweening on. So, but I am. Yeah. Going I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I think I'm going to bet this as well after hearing your take also, but yeah, I mean, Clawson scares me a little bit, but 
Like I, th- I think if they overachieve a little bit, they're just they're going to get their ball eligibility win six games. Like, but I wouldn't be shocked if they won four or five. Um, I'd be more shocked if they won eight than three. And like, if you look at their schedule, like they got Clemson, Florida State, Duke, and NC State. Only avoid UNC out of the top projected five. They also they're at Duke on a short week after playing Florida State. Tough spot. They're That's also great. at Notre Dame, who's coming off of a bye the week before. Mm-hmm. At Va Tech is the week after at Clemson. Tough spot. So, like, there's some tricky spots in here. Now, they could start – Carrier Dome? At the yep. Carrier Dome? I mean, that's that's rough. Yep, after at Notre Dame. So, the schedule is tough now. And I also think that there's going to be some growing pains, obviously. Rebuilt defensive line, offensive line questions, the Hartman transition. And then, like, so you could see some growing pains early, and then they could drop a game or two, and then you're sitting really pretty. Because if things go right, they guess they could start 4-0, and then you're going to be sweating. But, you know, they're going to beat Elon to open the season. Could easily lose to Vanderbilt in week yep. two. They could they could lose to at Old Dominion. That's a, a weird game. And then they got Georgia Tech, could lose that game. So it, it, I think as long as they lose one of those games, which I think is uh, – I think will happen, then – this under should get to the window. And even if they do start 4-0, there's still a really good shot. I think you can still keep them under seven wins. So I agree with you on Wake Under. Okay, before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get it on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Let's transition to the final four teams in the ACC at the bottom tier. Let's start with the aforementioned Syracuse Orange win total over six and a half plus one forty five at BetMGM sixty six to one to win the ACC. We have a new offensive coordinator here, and Jason Beck, who was the quarterbacks coach. Their Garrett Schrader does return, although he missed spring practice with an injury. Your boy Tucker is gone at running back. Um, interesting team here. Babers was on the hot seat, kind of saved his job last year, basically just because they had a really easy uh, early part of the schedule, and then they faded late. They do have three 
fairly easy non-conference games, and then they're at end at Purdue. It's Colgate, Western Michigan, and you know, transitioning Army team at home, and then at Purdue. So some opportunities to start fast once again before you're hosting Clemson, and they've historically given Clemson some fits at UNC, at Florida State, at Vatech, three straight road games. Schedule then gets very tough in the middle. Some significant defensive losses, Williams, Jones, Chestnut, Carter, really got hit hard in via the portal. Pasty was so good last year, not sure, not sure it will be as good. They will stay, still play the 3-3-5 because they brought in Rocky Long as their new defensive coordinator who is the architect of – that defensive scheme it's uh you know it's going to be a new offensive scheme though it's going to be like a little bit of a nice pro style offense and then a little bit of dino's veer and shoot mixed in so we'll see how that works out and see how healthy schrader is what do you see with syracuse also some questions on the offensive line worth mentioning what do you see here I, they got bumps in the power rating for me, thanks to TARP and their second order win total. So there is some, you know, whatever metrics you want to use for win probability at the end of their games, that's dictated. They should have won more than they lost last year. And then their returning production, 71% on the offensive side of the ball, 64% on the defensive side of the ball, both of those at or above national average. So they did get some bumps, but they didn't get a huge bump. But for me, Somehow on this schedule, I project them to win eight games, which means I'm going over six and a half plus 125 is out there right now. Uh, you know, I do love Garrett Schrader. I love the fact that he can tuck it and run and, and likes to run into people. I mean, obviously that um, could work out an injury situation, but he does have second team all ACC tight end Aronde Gadsden. Uh, I do like Rocky Long coming in. He's going to get Marlo Wax returning at linebacker who created 27 pressures last season, but he only, you know, creating only 27 pressures is one thing. But in 825 defensive snaps, he missed just 10 tackles last year. Uh, that is the kind of guy that I think you can stick right there in the middle of Rocky Long's 3-3-5 defense. They're going to be heavy favorites over Colgate, Western Michigan, Army, BC. Listen, you want to throw Purdue in at the beginning of this schedule? There are some offensively inept teams that Syracuse is going to get to play off the top. So I think there can be some success for this defense. You know, I, I kind of disagree that the back half of their schedule and where I power rate Pitt, Wake, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech is is really where the difference is and how I got so high on Syracuse's total. Clear underdog, Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson. They're not going to win those games whatsoever. But, you know, I mean, they can beat Purdue early with a new offense and, and a new defensive system going on in there. I'm very bullish on Syracuse this year. Yeah, I'm not quite there. And yeah, I, I don't mind the bottom – Half of their schedule. I and mean, I project them at, let's see. And by the way, I project them at 6.9. Um, oh, yeah. So I would actually, I would lean over. And by the way, you can find over six and a half plus 145 at that MGM. But, and I, I didn't regress similar to Pitt. I didn't regress this defense as much as maybe some have just because, I mean, Rocky Long, just his defenses are always going to figure it out. I am worried about their, the secondary. Um, they had some, you know, some really important losses, but they just, oh, and then Jones was the heart of their day. I like the punter ad and you gotta, you gotta find a kicker. So there's, I do have some questions, but Rocky Long just basically just always figures it out. Um, but I'm not quite there that, that middle, yeah, they got to start fast that middle part of the schedule. Like even at Vot tech after, you know, Clemson at UNC at Florida state third straight road game at Vot tech, that's a tough 
tough spot. They do get Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, which is what you want in the ACC, but both of them are on the road. So, yeah, I'm neutral on Syracuse, but don't mind your overbet, even though I'm not as high on the orange. Let's talk Vatek. Over five and a half, plus 115, 100 to one to win the ACC at BetMGM. You do have Grant Wells back at quarterback, but he might not be the guy. And you have Baylor transfer drones in the mix as well. I think he came out and said, I think today, that he doesn't really know who's the guy yet. Maybe they're going to have a guy that they use in certain packages. So there's still questions at quarterback and who's going to be the guy. And we know Grant Wells is an enigma. I, I think I like some of the transfers. They had a wide receiver, the offensive line, a lot of questions. Only two starters are moving more to center. They need to find some guards, keep their tackles healthy. That could make this whole thing fall apart quickly, assuming even the quarterback position works out. Um, it's going to be a run first, play action heavy offense under Pry. And you're going to have a new play caller. Pry did it until the last game last year. We'll see if that can have some positive results. And it's the defense just needs to find a way to generate turnovers, havoc, and pass rush, which was really lacking last year. They were one in four in one possession games. They were 113th in turnover margin. But a lot of that was just, hey, Wells just will shit the bed every once in a while. So yep. we'll see what Vatek looks like this year. They do avoid Clemson, UNC, Duke, and Miami. They're at Florida State, which is almost certainly a loss. And at Louisville is probably a loss. But on paper, you know, if quarterback position works out, you can generate a little more havoc on D and the offensive line pieces come together. The other 10 games are all winnable on paper. So there is some upside with this Vatek team. There's also some downside. So like, there's a lot of coin flip games in here. I mean, just look at their start. Old Dominion at home, Purdue at home, at Rutgers, at Marshall, Pitt at home. I mean, these are games you could, they could start one and four, three and two, a lot of variants in that early part of the schedule. What do you see with the Hokies here? Uh, a lot of some some staff shakeups, um, maybe a quarterback shakeup. Basically, you're betting on can they get to the bowl eligibility with a uh, win total of over five and a half plus 115? Yeah, I say no. Uh, you know, if Grant Wells is not going to be the starter, then, you know, Drones can possibly get the shot. He was pretty highly recruited, highly ranked, and so was Pop Watson, who played in the spring game. So quarterback – we just have no clue. And even when they start the season, it could be somebody else. Once we get into play, Brent Pry went and tapped Tyler Bowen to be the offensive coordinator, someone he worked with at Penn State. So you can expect a lot of gap schemes inside zone running out of 11. Uh, offense only returns 44%. There's just, there is a swinging door here, a revolving door of players in, players out. Makes it really hard to try to predict what this team is going to do. I did come in, I, I came to a projected win total of four. Uh, and so the under five at plus 100 would have, uh, you know, some play on it for me. I think this is a team that since I don't know much about what they're going to line up at quarterback and also their, you know, their big running back, they got through the portal, uh, you know, Bashan Tutin. I think he was at NCA and T. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see some film. I'd like to see more film against real defenses before I go and say, this is the electric kid. That's just going to sidestep everybody in the ACC play. So there's just not enough information for me here. There's not a lot of players on the defense, which is supposed to be 
I would think the specialty here, uh, considering who your head coach is and where he came from, um, you know, that I would think that they would be better than, than what we've seen, but it can't get any worse on the offensive side, 129th and offensive finishing drives. There's nowhere to go, but up from there, they were 25th and third down defense last year. So maybe it is showing out a little bit, but you know, they don't have very much success. They have one of the lowest success rates and getting blitzes into pressure at 42% last year running four, two, five and four, three. So we'll see if Chris Marvin and Brent Pry can change that, but I don't have a lot of faith that they can. Um, and, and this Virginia tech roster for what the third season in a row since the pandemic, I, you never recognize these names over year, year after year after year. So um, we'll see, but definitely not any preseason investment for me. Yeah. I mean, I basically like the, for what it's worth, the three of their final four games are on the road. They do get, they do have, buy. yeah, they do have to play three teams off a of buy, uh, yeah. including, you know, they they're they have to play Syracuse off by. They're also off a of buy, but they also at Florida State. Florida State's coming off a of buy, and then at Marshall, Marshall's coming off a of buy early. Um, Wells goes so against that, Marshall. Yeah, Grant Wells revenge game at Marshall. But Marshall will be coming off of a buy. My prediction, a lot of coin flips there. I, I you know, what was that game? He had like five interceptions in the first quarter. They, I think it's it like Rice. Yeah, Marshall's ranked 15th. Wells threw five picks. This was what, in 2020. Rice got its first win over a, a ranked team since 1997. They beat Marshall, who was ranked 15th at the time, 20 to nothing. <laughs> one of the weirdest, uh, one of the weirdest games of that 2020 season. Anyway, I, but my prediction, you know, unless you are a really, your numbers are really off of the win total or you have a really strong take on if Virginia Tech is going to be much better or worse than the market implies, I bet their bowl eligibility win total is going to come down to the finale at Virginia. Um, so just wait to bet that game. All right, let's move on to – speaking of what we had – I think I might have said Brent Key from Virginia Tech at one point, but it's Brent yeah. Pry. How are there two ACC coaches with first name Brent's three-letter last names that both end in Y? What the hell are the chances of that? Yeah, both at tech schools. Georgia Tech, coached by uh, Brent Key, who took over last year, really did a tremendous job with what Georgia Tech had down the stretch. Did a lot of what I think Brom can do at Louisville, like some of the discipline, in-game coaching decisions, just structure, communication, fixed a lot of that. And Georgia Tech, um, you know, the, the just like the block punts, just getting like just getting the punt formation right that you saw all those issues under Collins, like the mental errors, the in-game management. Georgia Tech was able to finish four and four, unfortunately for me, because I had their win total under, and I thought that was a lock with Collins, and then they just uh, turned it turned it around under Key. They did go four and one in one possession games, and they were six in the country in turnover margin. Some potential negative regression looming there. Their win total over four and a half, plus 105, 150 to one to win the ACC. Sims has gone at quarterback, so you're going to have a uh, quarterback battle there. Could be, Aaron, it could be Haynes King, the Texas A&M transfer. A lot of questions with can transfer slot in a wide receiver and linebacker. That'll probably go a long way in determining if Georgia Tech can exceed their win total of four and a half from a schedule perspective. They avoid Florida State, but they do go to Clemson, and it's a pretty tough schedule as it usually is with Georgia Tech, because they put Georgia in the finale at home. They're also at Ole Miss, and they only have three true ACC home games because they're starting off with Louisville 
at in Atlanta to kick off their season. The wins that you feel confident about on the schedule, it's like South Carolina State at home, Bowling Green at home. I mean, even, you know, they got to go to Virginia. You got BC and Syracuse at home. I'm right on market with this. Do you have any strong feel or takes with Georgia Tech? I'm below the number of, what, four, four, four and a half, depends on the juice that you're looking at. But I don't want to fade Brent Key and what he's doing, a former offensive line coach. Uh, this is his alma mater. And I don't want to fade them primarily. They covered three of their last four, winning outright as a dog against Virginia Tech in North Carolina at the end of last year. They covered against Georgia in the season finale. I mean, the team played hard for Brent Key until the very end. He goes out and gets Southern Miss's OC, Buster Faulkner, to come in, do his 10-11 inside-outside zone. What we saw with Frank Gore Jr. at Southern Miss is what we're going to try to see out of Trey Cooley, who transferred in from Louisville, or Dante Smith, who's on the roster. But um, we'll see if that's going to work in the ACC, if you can score enough points fast enough. This team was bottom 10 and pass explosives last year. Haynes King is on the roster. Didn't know if he was one of the 10,000 quarterbacks that's on Texas A&M. Uh, Zach Gibson is still there. So we'll see who's going to be playing quarterback. But with an offensive line head coach and with a Southern Miss OC that was letting Frank Gord take 80% of the snaps, uh, I expect we're going to see a pretty heavy ground unit. And that's going to have to go up against, you know, some of these defenses I see on their schedule that may struggle to have, to field a defensive front seven. So there are chances for wins here. So I'm not going to fade Georgia Tech when you have a young head coach that's all modern and he's, and he's getting the team to produce three covers in the month of November against teams like North Carolina and Georgia last year. I'm not going to fade them. Not saying that the team is on the rise, but I certainly am not fading a team that plays really hard for their coach. Most of these offensive line coaches come in and they get the most out of their team. So not going to fade them, but I do project them lower than the four and a half in the market. I think I think one deliverable we should have is that Georgia Tech was up there in tempo. I think top 50 last year. Buster Faulkner was a Georgia analyst. I couldn't get a lot of background on him coming in and calling plays for offensive coordinator, but Georgia was 113th in pace under Todd Munkin. So Faulkner is going to try to take some sort of Georgia Bulldog template and apply it to Georgia Tech. We're really going to have to look at some unders here because this would be one of the slowest paces. And when you consider like the pace of Southern Miss when he was there too, this is completely different than what Georgia Tech's been running the last couple of years. So there could be a really good chance for Georgia Tech unders here early in the season until odds makers catch up. Yeah, maybe maybe in that first game against Louisville, who could have some growing pains on offense, the strength of the Georgia Tech defense is that secondary against the Brown passing attack. We'll see. They do have to replace their defensive end, uh, White, who they lost the NFL, and two really good linebackers. It's going to come down to the quarterback, and then can transfers fit in a wide receiver and linebacker um, to, for what's going to determine, I think, Georgia Tech's success. But you know they're going to play hard. They're going to be a feisty underdog. And they're – I would put a, put a bet in it. They'll, they'll pull off an upset or two this year. It might not be a, a sizable one, but um, they're going to be feisty and probably a good team to back as a dog quarterback battle wa- worth watching. And finally, last and certainly least, we're going to finish up with Virginia – Win total three and a half over three and a half plus one twenty five. They're two hundred to one to win the ACC. Year two of Tony Elliott, which is not going well. It's amazing that offense didn't work last year with all that talent, um, and it still couldn't work this year. Can't say the same. They only bring back what they're running back, their tight end and center. There's a quarterback battle between their backup Wolfolk and then a Monmouth transfer. I haven't even looked to see if the, there's been an update today. 
Um, they're rebuilding their offensive line for a third straight year. 125th uh, in pass block. They have 17 returning starts on the offensive line. Uh, the the yeah, the D has the D line's deep, and they got some experience. Um, they'll be able to generate some pressure. Like it's gonna, they're going to be a, a a good under look, I would imagine. Um, but cornerback certainly a question, which could be problematic on the schedule. They do avoid FSU, Pitt, Clemson, and get to host NC State and Duke. So that is like, I mean, they are one of the schedule winners in the ACC. However, still doubt they are winning road games at Maryland, Tennessee, UNC, Louisville, Miami. I mean, even Boston College. They're their most winnable games. You got James Madison at home, which won't be easy. Uh, you know, NC State at home, William & Mary at home should be a win. Georgia Tech at home, Duke and Virginia Tech at home. Like, look, I know that they won the schedule lottery. Their defense, I think, is little uh, underrated. I'm a big fan of their coordinator, but this offense might be so inept. Um, I, I, you could not pay me to bet uh, Virginia's over. I lean under here, not enough to pull the trigger unless you're going to convince me to do so. Not a fan of Elliott, not a fan of this offense. And uh, yeah, it's going to be another rough year in Charlottesville. What do you see here? They could be underdogs at home to James Madison in week two. I I, yep. I would surprised. Uh boy, where do I start with these guys? I I think if Advil was smart, they would give Virginia a call and say, Can we be your primary sponsor? I started diving into what offensive coordinator Des Kitchings does and what Tony Elliott wants to do. And of course, they run a lot of 11, right? One running back, one tight end. Their second highest personnel is zero two. No running backs and two tight ends. I don't even know what that is. Like I, I had to go back and watch some film, which I think I blew a couple June days in this, but it's a mess. The offensive calling is a mess. Like I said, they're 125th in pass blocking. They've done nothing to address that through the portal. Uh, they finished 54th in portal ranking, 64th in national recruiting. So whatever Tony Elliott's got going on there, it's not improving. John Radzinski is calling the plays on defense. About 26% blitz we can expect with a you know mid-range success. They don't run quarters coverage. They don't run cover three. They only run cover one. Um, it's definitely very interesting. They were dead last in the nation in stuff rate. And I love me some stuff rate on defense, but you are the worst. And you're in the power five. You are a power five program that is dead last and controlling the line of scrimmage when teams are trying to get their proper yards on their, on their respective down and distance. I have no love for these guys under or nothing. This offense, no love for Virginia, not enough to pull the trigger on the under, but it should be ugly. All right. That'll wrap up going through each of the teams in the ACC, all 14 of them before we get out of here. Let's go three and out. One, two, three. Let's make it a quick three and out. We're going to do this for all of our power five conference previews. First down, we're going to do a week one or zero for first down. And that can be a bet that you like. It could be a game of the year line as well, if there's nothing you like in that conference for week zero or week one. For second down, we're going to do a favorite over or future in that conference. And for third down, we're going to do our favorite under that you like. Let's start off with week zero, one, ACC-related bet that you would like to call out now. I'll start. I'm just going to throw out a little teaser for our SEC betting previews. We're going to have two, by the way. We'll do one for each 
division. I'm going to throw out North Carolina under a field goal. I do think the North Carolina defense will be better just because it can't get any worse. I'm still a big fan of Drake May, but this is more so a fate of South Carolina early on with Drake May in my back pocket, just needing to basically win this game. But I'll save the rest of that take for the SEC preview. Colin, anything you want to mention for week zero one that's ACC related? Yeah, I'm taking August Thursday night, August 31st. I'm going to go UConn plus 16 against NC State. This is a number that I make it seven. I would expect this to continue to steam down. With UConn, you're going to get a lot of experience, although not efficient. You're going to still going to get a bull team with a lot of experience coming back, taking on an NC State team that has a new offensive coordinator, has a new quarterback. And yes, they're going to be able to produce. But in the first two or three quarters of this game against UConn's defense, I expect them to have a little bit of hiccups uh, coming out of the gate. You have an offensive line that's got to learn new blocking schemes. Um, you know, UConn plus 16 is too high considering the nature of this game and how good the Tony Gibson 335 defense is for NC State. I don't expect a lot of points in this whatsoever, making 16 a real premium here with what should be a really low total. It could be a good first half spread or money line look as well. Good stuff there. Let's move to second down in the ACC. We're going to go with our favorite over or future. I'm from the future. Then tell me, future boy. What kind of a future do you call that? I could make a case for Duke as a future, but couldn't quite get there. So my favorite over, I'm going to go. Oh, a team we didn't even talk about. So this is perfect. I we, we The one team that we missed was Boston College. We didn't even get to. This is how rusty. We only talked to 13 to 14 teams. But it's perfect because Boston College is actually my favorite over of any ACC team. I do like NC State as well. Disagree with you, I think, on that one. I like the new offense coordinator quarterback combination. I just trust Gibson in that defense. And it's kind of the post-hype NC State team. They're going to fly under the radar. All their toughest opponents at home. Manageable road schedule. So I'll throw out NC State. But also Boston College. I mainly this what this comes down to is look, they did lose Jerkovic, but he was awful last year, mainly because the offensive line was a disaster. It was a brand new offensive line. You got four freshmen out there should be a significantly improved offensive line. Good new offensive line coach coming in a lot more experience there. And look, we saw more had very efficient down the stretch at quarterback. You do lose a star receiver in flowers, but I think just because of the offensive line, the offense will be so much better. And what what will that lead to? The defense improving. I I like some of the what they're bringing back and what they added in the front seven. The secondary, there are significant questions, but that's halfly strong suit. So with this Boston College team, over five and a half, I just need them to get to bowl eligibility, and I'm willing to take that bet. They have eight very winnable games. You know, you're – Northern Illinois, they're going to be like about a 10-point favorite. Holy Cross, UVA, we talked about. At Army, transitioning from the triple option could be a disaster. At Georgia Tech, after a bye. UConn at home, at Syracuse, Virginia Tech at home. Like eight winnable games, I think Halfley gets this team to a bowl. Better turnover luck, you know, better defense, better offense. And it all starts that offensive line. Trickle-down effect here. Um, better injury luck as well. They go from four to 140 offensive line starts returning year over year. 
So give me Boston College over five and a half wins. Boston College is a team that I think has a chance to surprise. Halfley has got to start producing there, especially the defensive metrics have been so off for him. So we'll see what he can do. But I will I will definitely back you on that. I'm going to pivot over to Louisville. Probably can't talk about it enough this year, how much I like the over on this team. I think it's it's ran up from seven up to eight. I still think it's got more room to steam. This is a team that's getting a brand new coach and Jeff Brom approved himself at Purdue, even making it to the Big Ten Championship. They went 14th in the transfer portal rankings. Uh, he has brought in the players that he wants and getting them in place. Probably the easiest Power 5 schedule in all of college football. Brom is a proven coach, and we bet on him often than we have for years. So I'll give, take, give me Louisville over eight. And finally, we'll finish things up with third down favorite under. We might agree here, but the only under I like in the ACC, Wake Forest under six and a half wins. You know, Hartman leaving. Tough schedule, questions in the trenches, might be some growing pains early, which is where the most winnable games come. Clawson, look, we'll probably find a way to get this team to six wins, but I think that's probably it. Definitely under six and a half here is the play. Yeah, get four of the top five in the ACC, then you're also at Notre Dame, who comes off of a bye. All right, that'll do it for us. It was nice to kick off the the rust. We forgot BC, but luckily got them in now. It's uh, everything is firing from here on out. We have a lot more betting previews to come every conference. And then it'll be week zero. We'll have a recap episode as well, going through our favorite bets. But thanks for tuning in. It's great to be back. You guys all make the podcast. Make sure you leave a review, a five-star review. You know, we're just getting back in action. So those really help us out. I'll do a bunch of giveaways as well. And if you've already left one, you know, borrow your friend's phone borrow your girlfriend's phone, leave a five-star review, do some giveaways there, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Time for us to go keep up with more betting preview. College football will be here before we know it. It's good to be back. Good to be back with you, Colin. And we will catch you all later. Cheers. Peace out. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.